0: Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Welcome to the Orange is the New Black Podcast. I am your host, Ace Boogie. And today we are going to talk about several different issues. We're going to talk about Mackenzie Alexander and the disappearance of his father and what that means going forward with what we're given now uh, this morning. And then we're also going to talk about Joe Burrow and his progress in camp. And we're going to talk about some other things as well, the young linebacker and core amongst everything else, uh, Bengals news. So Mackenzie Alexander, it came out that he left uh, training camp to be with his father, who uh, essentially has been missing. And his father is in his 60s. It appears that they were supposed to go to pick some palmetto berries and he went with another man to go and pick them and he essentially left his father behind. So it's very vague on the details on what happened, but Mackenzie Alexander essentially left training camp to return to Florida to figure out what was going on with his dad. He he really wanted to figure out what was going on and apparently it appears that he was arrested and allegedly he confronted a man who left his father behind on the berry picking trip. So uh, we're still waiting to see how this works out, and our prayers are with McKenzie Alexander, and uh, we hope that he finds his father. And, you know, some people were speculating, you know, what are the Bengals going to do because of this? He was arrested and stuff like that. Uh, a lot of from what I've gathered with people on Twitter is a lot of fans are on his side. You know, with, with him being in a situation like that, we hope that the Bengals have some understanding that, you know, this man lost his father. Obviously, when you're confronting the person that, caused you this pain or caused you this anxiety and worry to potentially know that your father could possibly be gone. Uh, you know, it could play with your emotions and I could see why he hit that guy. Now, I'm not saying it was the right thing to do. I'm just saying that I understand it. Given the situation from the circumstances that we, we've we heard, uh, that seems kind of fishy. His, his father's missing and for you to leave an elderly man out there like that is just kind of wild. So, Uh, prayers up for him and his family I'm not sure what this means uh, with his standing with the Bengals but I would think that anyone in that situation would be understanding so the hope is that he's able to find his father figure out that situation and and hopefully the Bengals are understanding about that situation with him being a guy that we just signed this offseason to a one-year four million dollar deal so uh, with that being said we'll move on to some better news but the hope is Uh, that we are able to find his father and that he's able to find his father uh, and things get back to normal and that the Bengals are understanding. So moving on from that, we have to talk about Joe Burrow's scrimmage, right? I, I think it's only right that we talk about that. And it was really the most talked about topic, I think, last week on Twitter. A lot of Bengals fans were excited about it. And it came after a day where Joe Burrow, you know, noticeably struggled. He had some issues to practice before He threw some interceptions. Defensive linemen were getting to him. He was a little bit – he wasn't necessarily rattled, but a lot of people said that, you know, it wasn't the best showing. And one thing that really stood out to me was the fact that he kept a good attitude. He made sure that he noted everything. And then the next day, he comes out on fire in a scrimmage where – He starts his first 10 passes, 9 for 10, with the one-dropped pass being a touchdown catch by C.J. Uzoma, and then just continues to shred the defense. He ends up throwing for, I believe, three total touchdowns, and Auden Tate also exploded as well. Now, the craziest part about this situation is that most of his starting receivers, if not all of them, were pretty much out. You know, he had no A.J. Green, no T. Higgins, no John Ross, and he was out there making it work with – audentate Tate and Mike Williams and all of these guys, and that's what we never got from Andy Dalton. That's the difference, right? When those guys are out, what can your quarterback do to raise the level? Now, I'm not saying that he, you know, raised the level of Auden Tate because we all know that audentate Tate is a great player uh, and has been underrated and slept on and he's always made plays. But, you know, guys like Mike Williams that come in and DeMarcus Lodge the other day, this is what Joe Burrow can do. He can raise the level of those other players, simply by himself, and so that's what we saw in the scrimmage. We also saw him bounce back. Now, some people are saying, "Yes, that's good, but does that mean that the defense was off or something like that?" That could be the case. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say that that's not the case, but I think it's more so that Joe Burrow is is ready to go. And from what I've heard, just from talking to people on Twitter, uh, Jim Jim the Bengals fan also said that everything that he was throwing was dimes. Everything he was throwing was dimes. So I think that it was just a case of what Joe Burrow is gonna to bring to Cincinnati. And if you're if you did see that, I heard some people say, you know, why should you be excited about a scrimmage? Uh, yes, it's a scrimmage, but I don't think we ever recall or remember Andy Dalton having a scrimmage like that. I'm just going to put that out there, and I'm not trying to hate on Andy. I'm just saying in recent history, I can't remember a scrimmage that has gone that way, and we've all listened to the scribes on Twitter before. We've all seen them put stuff up there. I don't think we've ever seen anything like that from Andy Dalton, and with this being a season or an off season without preseason, this is what we can look forward to in terms of not having those preseason games. So these scrimmages are important because they are essentially taking the part of those preseason games. So we're gonna have to look at these scrimmages and see how Joe Burrow progresses and see how the defense progresses and all these players around him progress and really go from there. Now there were some things that happened with Jonah Williams having some some false start issues, but they were able to work through those. They were still able to convert and get first downs they were still able to be effective. And on all of the drives, they were able to get points. That's key, because the Bengals weren't doing that last season. They weren't able to get points. They weren't able to go in and punch it in for touchdowns. They really were not good when it came to scoring the football. And that's what we need from Joe Burrow. We need to be able to convert those, uh, those drives that are tough, those drives that we just need three, that's what we need and i think that joe burrow is here to prove that and i think that this gives some excitement for bengal's fans because it's joe burrow. We want to see if this guy is legit and we've been hearing from teammates and people that have played with him and reporters that are watching that this guy is legit, right? So, definitely stay tuned. We'll, we'll give you guys more updates on that, but we have to talk we had to talk about Joseph Burrow and and him balling out at that scrimmage. Now they have another one coming up this weekend, uh, so hopefully it's the same results, and we'll get we'll get even better stuff. Because as you guys know, AJ Green is supposed to be taking the field today, and then also John Ross is back, and T. Higgins has been making some eye popping, head turning moves in practice as well. So now we're getting guys back healthy. It appears that Jordan Evans went down. With a hamstring injury, so he should be back. He was also uh, said to be having a good camp. And then same with Sean Williams. It appears that he's going to be back. I know he was carted off a few weeks ago, but it appears that he will be possibly ready by week one. Now the Bengals did uh, make some signings in order to provide some insurance on those guys, uh, but we'll see what happens moving forward. So next, let's talk about the linebacking core and uh, the young athleticism that has been displayed there. So some things that I reached out to Bengals Jim to to discuss was one of the topics was the linebacking core. Uh, now he said that they looked extremely athletic, which is something different, something that we've never seen before uh, from that group. But they did seem to be fast. He said that they, you can tell that they were pretty young and and Joe Burrow kind of took advantage of them Uh, and there were some things that we ran on defense like a hybrid Uh, but it seemed that the LB group was extremely fast but they're definitely going to have to go through a learning curve so that's kind of to be expected we've never seen that uh, before we've never seen this athleticism displayed when you talk about Akeem Davis Gaither you talk about Logan Wilson you talk about all of those guys there and that's why the Bengals essentially brought in Josh Bynes to play linebacker. He's a vet. He's going to be able to coach those guys. He's going to be able to show those guys what to do. And from what Bengals Jim told me, he said that, you know, they don't know where they're going, but they are going fast. So hopefully by the time we kind of get the season going, those guys will the light will kind of come on for them, and they'll be able to step up and and provide us some consistency. But it is something to also caution us as well. Don't expect to have these great these grand expectations for these guys to just come in week one and just blow everything up, because that's probably likely not going to happen. And without us having preseason games that's going to take away from giving them that experience, being able to see how offenses line up, being able to see what they're what they're going to do, being able to adjust to looks. Those are going to be things that Josh Bynes, being that vet, is going to have to be responsible for. And so uh, my expectations are that I'm excited to see this group, but I'm also tempering expectations being that these guys, this is the first year of, of uh, them being in the NFL and obviously the linebacker in position, it's an extremely it's an extremely important one, and it's a complex one as well because, you know, some of these guys are going to have to call plays. They're going to have to make adjustments. They're going to have to know what certain looks are, and there is going to be definitely some growing pains there. So the good news is that they are looking athletic, and once they put it together, we should have a pretty respectable unit that can come in and be more effective than our unit was last year. However, we have to wait and see. And that could be, you know, with Jordan Evans. I'm not sure where he fits in that mix, but obviously he changed his body in this offseason. They said the reporter said on Twitter that he was having a great camp. It's a shame that he got hurt and we'll have to see what what he does. But I'm really interested to see what the rotation looks like for that group. And so also you got to talk about Auden Tate. Like Auden Tate's been killing it in camp. Mike Williams has as well. But this is this is par for the course for Auden Tate. And I think he's in a position where he realizes with the Bengals drafting so many receivers and adding so many receivers that it's going to put him in a spot where he may not be able to get as much playing time. So he's playing his butt off right now to earn that playing time in the event that Something happens, someone goes down, or to at least be able to get in there and get some snaps. And he's been showing some really good, some really good stuff. I mean, especially with with T. Higgins out, uh, he's taking full advantage of that opportunity. And it's not a surprise. This is what Auden Tate has done. This is why he's been on the team. This is why he's still on the team. And with us heading into a year where he's in a contract year and potentially the Bengals could move on from him, this is something for him to be able to show. Hey. I'm here for a reason. Uh, This is why you guys have me on this roster. If you need me to go in, I can do it. You know, if someone needs to be held out for week one, week two, I can come in and do it. And that's what Auden Tate is going to give you. Eye-popping plays at all kinds of times. And it makes it even better that he's doing it with Joe Burrow, a guy that's more accurate with the football. He was able to do it last year uh, with, with someone not as accurate. But He's, he's still able to do that. And this could mean that he's going to ascend to another level. This means that we can confidently say that we have one of the deepest cores in football. And if you're a Bengals fan, you probably already knew that. So, I did not take going off and being the MVP in camp should not come as a surprise. But this guy is possibly taking it to another gear. So, something to look out for. And the Bengals are going to have some difficult decisions to make, especially with John Ross also looking good from what I can gather and everybody's looking good, so we'll have to we'll have to really see what happens. Uh, but keep an eye on those guys. Some of the guys that I mentioned, Aud and Tate. You also talk about Mike Williams, and then I've also been hearing about T. Higgins making some some head-turning moves. So keep an eye on all of those guys because they all play the same position, and there's it's a crowded room. So we're gonna have to see how they utilize all of these guys, and I'm excited to see that moving forward. And so the last thing that I kind of want to touch on as well is the offensive line and where that group is. It seems that Jonah Williams is putting things together, and all we can really see right now are are one-on-one drills and guys going up against defensive linemen, and we don't really get to see game action. But so far, Jonah has been as advertised. It seems that he is uh, possibly the best offensive lineman, and when you bring that afterwards, you're looking at – You're looking at Trey Hopkins as well at center as probably the next best guy. But the Bengals, in my opinion, I think we still have questions at the left guard position. They're they're obviously working Michael Jordan there. He's going against Geno Atkins, which is a tough and tall order for anyone that's going against Geno. So for me... It's it's still a question mark there, and then you look at the right side of the line, you got Bobby Hart, and when you watch some of the stuff online, he's getting beat by guys who shouldn't even be on the roster, uh, which is, like I said, all we can see is selective stuff. I've heard from Bengals Jim in the scrimmage that Bobby Hart did not look bad at all, uh, so you have to take everything with a grain of salt, but it was admitted by Zach Taylor, that there is a competition between him and Fred Johnson. Now, there's been some injuries causing some guys to shift around a lot. Uh, primarily, Billy Price has been shifted to center, back up, uh, because this guy, uh, I can't recall his name. I think it's Nafael or something like that. He had a concussion, so that caused Billy Price to move back to center, which I think is also telling because Billy Price came into this looking to compete for that right guard position. Xavier Suafilo looks decent not like someone that's going to be a game changer but clearly they they look like they want suafilo to start at the right guard and they also have been working in fred johnson due to the injury at the guard position uh, but they also admitted that there's a competition between bobby hart and fred johnson for right, for right tackle so Uh, I personally would probably like to see what Fred Johnson could do. You know, obviously, he had some limited time that he played for us last season, but in those limited, that limited uh, amount of time and those snaps, he definitely showed potential. And also, you know, I do another show called the AFC North Talk. Uh, with the man from Locked On Steelers, Tony Serino, he was high on Fred Johnson. He was extremely high. A lot of Steelers fans liked him. They were upset that we were able to steal him. And they felt like we should, you know, have immediately plugged in the guy from day one. So we'll have to see what happens there. But this offensive line overall, I'm still kind of worried about it. It's still a question mark for me, uh, primarily at the left guard. Uh, the right guard and the right tackle positions, which, you know, that's not new. That's what we kind of expected. But we just need this group to be average. We don't need above-average play. As long as they can be average, Joe Burrow will be able to do what he can. And this is a division with some of the best, you know, defenses in football. When you talk about the Ravens, even though they lost Earl Thomas this week, still that defensive line or that defensive front, uh, it's still good, especially with them adding Calais Campbell. You talk about the Steelers, probably one of the best in football with those guys. Even if you hate them, you have to really admit it. You talk about TJ Watt coming off the edge. You talk about Twoid and you Cam Hayward, like that line is, is pretty much stacked. So these are gonna be teams and then pff, Miles Garrett, I mean, you know, it's only Miles Garrett, these are gonna be teams that are going to challenge that offensive line for six games. And they're going to have to come to play. They're going to have to be able to keep those guys off of Joe Burrow. And they're going to have to be able to step it up, even in the run game. If Joe Mixon is going to be able to have some open lanes like he didn't last year, these guys are going to have to come to play. So we're going to have to see what Jim Turner is doing. And right now, obviously, it's pretty early to really cast any kind of opinion on them because this is the time where offensive lines develop that chemistry and get to know each other figure out what, what each of them like to do and how each of them block. So I can't judge it now, um, but we'll see by the end, by week one, how this offensive line uh, plays. But two positions that I would be cautiously optimistic about, or not cautiously optimistic about, but that I would be worried about, actually, would be the linebacking core and the offensive line. Obviously, two bad spots for us last year. Hopefully this year they take strides and are better than they were last season. So with that being said, this is the Orange is the New Black uh, podcast, Flying Solo today. But please be sure to follow Zim on Instagram at Zim underscore Hude. Follow him on, on Twitter at Zim Hooday. You can follow me on YouTube under the moniker New Stripe City. You can also follow me on Twitter at New Stripe City. Uh, and we're going to try to get another show in this week. Schedules just didn't align. But we will be trying to get back. Being that the season is three weeks away, it's time to ramp it up. So thank you guys for listening. Please be able to share. Please share this podcast with your friends. Please uh, give us some likes and listens and reviews in the uh, Apple Store, Google Store, wherever you listen to this platform on. Um, and as usual, we'll have to leave it with a hoota.